0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Future Break podcast. My name is Peter Otto, your host.
1: And I'm your co-host, Serge.
0: (laughs) And this is the podcast where we look at technology, behavior, and what this means for the future.
1: And, um,
0: boy, do we have a good episode
1: in store today, don't we? I think so, yeah. I think it's an interesting one.
0: Um... (laughs) I know last episode, um, episode zero zero one. Let's just give a quick plug for that. Um, that's where we actually started the podcast. Number one gave some background behind ourselves, and we want to welcome everybody listening for the first time on this episode. And like I said, this is a podcast where we talk. We love technology. We love looking at human behavior and what and what this means for the future. So
1: exactly, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting things to start thinking about and kind of to see what's going on in the world and. How it all applies. So,
0: so let me ask you this, Serge. Yeah, you uh, had an
1: article for this for this episode. I did. Uh, this article was actually recommended to us by one of our listeners, which is awesome. <laughs> already, love that. already, people. Yeah. Thanks to the three people that are listening to us. <laughs> um, but this one caught my attention. This is kind of a kind of an interesting. Um, road, I, I guess we can say, that that uh, we can potentially go on, and it's talking about ownership.
0: Yes, and we, we actually did hint at this in the last episode, yeah. if I remember
1: correctly. But let me ask you this first, uh, Peter. What was your first car? What was the car that you owned first? You
0: know, uh, we did talk about this a bit beforehand, but I actually realized it was, it was even earlier than that. It was uh, Oldsmobile 88. Oh, man. 98. Now, <laughs> okay. keep in mind... This that was the model, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was the
0: model. And this up. was a this was a beast, get, like a tank totally. a vehicle, rear wheel drive. So you would fishtail, you know. <laughs> here, here in the Midwest where we're at, I mean, it's so easy to fishtail and things like that. Um, and yeah, probably I don't know, thirteen, fourteen miles per gallon or something like that.
1: Zero to sixty, sometimes, so, right?
0: Right. My my f- probably. The one that I remember the most, though, was my Buickless Sabre. I have to admit, the engine, the 3,800 engine... By the way, I'm not really a car guy. I want to make this very clear. I just happen to know this information (laughs) because I I had so many of these cars. The 3,800 engine was like my car, the Buickless Sabre. I had another Oldsmobile that had the same engine. The keys were similar, and there was even one time where I actually turned on the vehicle, and I couldn't turn it off because I used the wrong key, and it wouldn't come out, and so by the way, if that ever happens, just disconnect the battery and eventually
1: it will die. there you go there's your life life hack uh from Peter today. there we go, yeah, well, my first car was a uh was a Hyundai sonata, and um <laughs> so you know kind of going back on we we came to America and we basically. The concept was we buy a wrecked car and we just fix it up, and then over the years we would just and is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. So we would bought this car, we fixed it up, and uh, you know, it took a while, it took a few months of holding flashlights from my dad while he was doing a lot of the stuff. But um, we fixed it up, and from there we just uh, you know I was driving the car, and yeah, so we're kind of kind of talking about that a little bit today and and uh, ownership exactly. And so like we bought that car and we. We owned it, right? So we paid money for it. We owned it. It was our property. We didn't have any, you know, um, lease or any kind of car payments on it. So, but now this article that our one of our listeners shared with us was, and this is kind of crazy. Um, the title it's it's from Wired, uh, and it says we can't let John Deere destroy the very idea of ownership. So, for <laughs> two things that stick out to me is John Deere and then ownership.
0: And and John Deere is like this is a brand that's been around. Yeah, I don't know as long as I can remember. Yeah, it's in my thirty-year-old self. But I mean, nonetheless, maybe that's a good question to look up. I don't know, but yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah, and so you know, as I was reading this, this just really struck kind of an interesting chord. Like, and and I'll just start here. It says John Deere and General Motors want to eviscerate the notion of ownership. Sure, we pay for their vehicles, but we don't own them, not according to their corporate lawyers anyways. And so it's just crazy to think that, okay, we buy a tractor, you know, somebody, some farmer buys a tractor, and then they don't get to own that tractor. And as you read further down, you can kind of see why. Um, It goes into where, and I had no idea about this until I started kind of hearing some... You know, I I had listened to a podcast a while ago where they were talking about um, farmers are hiring programmers to run their tractors because they are so tech-filled that it's. I mean, you need to have a programming degree in a way to actually operate this tractor. And then I started redoing some more research on that, and it turns out that a lot of these things, I mean, they practically drive themselves.
0: Yeah, it's I. I've heard this um, from. I mean, well, my father in law is a farmer. Okay. Okay, and he has. He's a John Deere guy, so I'm actually curious now if I was to talk to him about this, what he would think. Yeah, about this. be interesting to get his take. Yeah. I mean, he's probably got the old enough model where. Yeah. Um, I think he still drives it for the prim- for the most part, but I know several other people that, yeah, they, they sit in the cab. But outside of maybe every once in a while, where they like maybe. Take control for themselves. It's doing everything.
1: Yeah, that's just crazy to think that we went from John Jr was what eighteen. Yeah, look, we look this up. Eighteen thirty-seven
0: and eighteen thirty-seven.
1: Okay, so they had probably just rudimentary, just I mean, basic, basic, basic kind of a machine that was able to till the ground. You know, and now it's like GPS. Planting, right? They're (laughs) like your crops are planted by GPS in a sense, and that's just crazy that how far we've jumped from 1837 to now.
0: Autonomous farming. Yeah,
1: that's exactly what it is. Autonomous farming. Yeah. So yeah, it's just you know the article is just kind of talking about that um, John Deere and GM they're using the what's called the DCMA, which is the Digital Millennium Copyrights Act. And it was a 1998 copyright law. Um, basically, it governs kind of the, the line between software and hardware and really what can... And it's meant, in a sense, to protect the software makers. Um, but, but this application is kind of unique. It's kind of uh, interesting how they're using that. And I can see their point, too, where we've got so much tech in these tractors. I mean, they're not they're on a hardware level, they are tractors. On a software level, they're they're incredible. They're computers. They're computers. They? Yeah, they're incredible machines that are are really just so hard to you know fix and, and 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 work and stuff like that. So that they need a lot of specific. I mean, you need a a trained tech to come in there and, and to fix it. Like you won't be able to lift it up, lift up the hood or whatever whatever is in the tractor and fix it.
0: You have to have somebody, yeah,
1: certified. Yeah, yeah. There's there's another article that um, it's on. Uh, I think it's farmers. Um, I'm looking it up here. It's farmers, uh, modern farmer, and then farmers demand the right to fix their own dang tractors is what it's called. <laughs> and it's it's hard it's hard to believe. Like, okay, your tr- your tractor breaks down. What do you do? You know, you take it. It's stuck. Let's say it's stuck in the field somewhere. You're doing something that is uh, way out in the field. You know, you would probably try to figure out a way that I can, oh, how do I quickly fix this thing? Well, John Deere is saying you can't even open the hood. You can't even look under and see what see what possibly is causing the issue because you need a tech to come out there and fix it. Right. So, And that's just kind of got us to think about well, okay, if this is already starting to happen with tractors and John Deere in particular, what does it mean for cars? so like we bought our you know we had our first cars that you you had your own car and I had my own car we owned that car outright. Right. What is it starting to look like
0: <sighs> well i i think I think maybe it's it's good to kind of approach this from two i think both sides. I know this white article is very like <laughs> we can't let doom this, and gloom. We can't let this happen, right? Right. And and one end, I <laughs> as a person who never who never had like a car loan or anything like that.
1: Like, and you're one of the few lucky ones. I know. I'm on. one of the few. Jeez. That's
0: that's my behavior. Um I have gotten the that approach like I own my vehicle. I make the repairs on my vehicle. Um in the sense that I still pay somebody to do it but like um that's thing. I honestly in one hand on this I'll 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 do the I'll do this side that probably is probably the least popular. Okay. Okay. I'm going right. to I'm going to pretend like I'm John Deere right now. All right. Okay. And by the way, I'm not sure how I completely feel about this right now but <laughs> Because there's a part of me that thinks to myself, you know what? You've bought this tractor from us, or you've bought this combine from us. I feel like combine is the one I'm probably can most identify with. Yeah, John Deere combines. Um, and I looked at the price at this. This is probably um, close to six hundred thousand dollars for a combine. Jeez. And I don't know. This article I'm looking at is from like for- thousand fourteen. So, um, and that's for a new one, obviously. But yeah, either wow. way. You know, I would say, listen. If you want to keep this process going forward, and especially if you want to get to the point where, you know, how much is a how much does a hired hand cost to do things? Um, if you could even eventually, at some point in time, have your combine completely on autopilot, yeah, to do things, is there something there? And especially. You know, as far as the farming process goes, you have your combine combining, and then you have your tractor on autopilot coming up to the combining, yeah, and, and just collecting everything. It's got the sensor in the back of the it's of got the loader. It's, it's and, waiting and the, it's doing yeah. everything for you. Yeah. Um, we actually we talked about I talked about this with a guy recently actually just yesterday about how farming has changed, <laughs> like from no the, kidding, like the. He was in the 40s and the 50s, and he was talking about how, you know, that was like where you worked and things like that. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of things that went into that. But now how many people it took to run a farm to now how many people it takes with technology and the machinery that's just even there in the past decade has changed a lot of things in that regard.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. And you can see, like, all these fields just getting completely, you know, harvested within a matter of days. Right. And and it's one combine. It's the same guy, and he's out there. And, and we've I've driven by late at night. The guy's out there till eleven o'clock at night. Yep. Well, it's harvest. He's got. A, yeah. He's
0: got, this is like where the money meets the road, right? And so, he's doing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I would I would say, listen. You know, as technology is increased and your hardware is used, and this software is running things, you cannot afford during your harvest time to have this hacked. Because that's, that's I realize this is one thing that's that they're an interesting, looking at. Yeah. Like there's, there's, it's almost like a safeguard feature. Um, if you go back to even the phone analogy, you know, when an update comes for iOS, it gets pushed out to everybody, right? Right. And there's a lockdown on that. That's kind of Apple's motto there. Maybe, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if I'm John Deere and I know that there's an issue with something, let me push out this update, and you get and it just downloads into the tractor and updates itself. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think that's totally fine to me. That 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 makes a lot of sense, and that's actually really exciting that we're in this world where, you know, our our hardware, our machines are getting like software updates. You know, yeah.
0: Well, and that's why I would say, listen, if you if you want to do that, then I can't really if I'm if I have to be able to do this properly for you to safeguard you, I can't let you tamper with your vehicle. Yeah, tamper with your tractor, your combine. And I'm going to flip it on myself. At the same time, I purchased it. That is my thing. And this is, I like to call this the Android versus Apple concept, right? Sure, sure. Or Microsoft versus Apple. Like, I want to be able to control more with my computer. That's more of a Microsoft model where Apple's kind of locked down. You do control some things, but I don't
1: know. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this begs the question in the end, do you truly own your combine then? And I guess the the question is answered in two different ways depending on whose perspective you're looking at. Yeah. If you're GM or, sorry, John Deere, technically the customer does not own it. They have um, a lease or they have a ownership um, type in of an agreement where you have an indefinite way to, uh, to keep the, the combine or keep the tractor or whatever it is but you don't necessarily own it, own it outright but in the customer which is the farmer i mean they spent that much money on it right they it makes sense i own it i completely own that that tractor or that combine so it's it is a it's kind of a slippery slope i mean both ways that you look at it <sighs> <laughs> I-
0: yeah this is not an easy one no because if i'm a farmer like i do because there's one side of this that i feel is very inefficient if we go back to um john deere's side that i see a really big problem with okay um and that is just on the efficiency side of things and my my fellow project manager helped me out here a little bit, maybe. Um, if I break down during harvest when, like, the mode is, is meeting the rubber, can I really afford for me to have to wait for a certified guy to come out and help me?
1: That's the key right there. If it's something... Or planting, for yeah. that
0: matter. Like, I'm limited in the time frame of when I can do things. Yeah. I can't like the ground is dry now in four hours it's not going to be
1: yeah and think about where these farms are at there a lot of them are just out in the middle of nowhere it takes hours right. to drive you know from a service tech and and you're out there in the middle and you're kind of you're kind of screwed I mean you're just stuck you have no way to to fix it because you just you can't even understand what they've done with the machinery now and so that's kind of where I don't know the software part I get if if I think what would make this a little bit more fair would be if there's, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's a hardware issue, if there's like, okay, a bolt broke off or right. something, right? That, yeah. you know, like something where you can, you know, reasonably go to the store, hardware store, whatever, get a fix for it, put it in there, so you can continue planting, so you can continue harvesting, because that, that, I mean, every minute you lose, it's, it's, you're, you're losing profit, you know. And so leave that side open to farmers allowing them to kind of get into it, but close down the software side. You know, like Apple doesn't open up their iOS is not open source for good reasons, right? You you don't want it to be open source because then anyone can go in there and you build this fragmentation and you're running, you know, John Deere 1.03 and then someone's running it 1.07 and it's like... Well, how do we fix this? How do we push on a fix when there's a flaw out there? Can't really do that. Right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> that
0: also makes me think you, um, you I can actually, I, okay, I'm actually seeing John Deere's eye maybe even a little bit better right now. Are you? Because here's the problem. Now, and I actually do like your idea of the whole hardware thing where, yeah. like, okay, listen, the engine is broken, and there's a software piece that plugs into it, but yeah. that's where it ends. Right. Like, it needs oil. You have a flat tire. Exactly. Like, come on, man. We don't need some service. And maybe that's not even part of this. I could be wrong. But things along those lines, and even to a certain point, um, other issues with the engine, you know, spark plugs, whatever, I don't know. I think that that's something that's got to be uh, – I think that farmers should have the rights to probably work on yeah. that stuff. The the one thing I am realizing, though, is – and it's kind of true even of Apple users, like, if we to bring it down to, like, a consumer level, is does everybody update their phone? Yeah, true. Sure. Right? Okay. And so if I'm John Deere and it's like, listen, you need this. There is a major crisis going yeah. on. Um, and I hate to say this to the hacker, but if you, th- I mean, I didn't think about this. Like, if everything is running on software, could <laughs> this sounds horrible? Somebody can hack could, our could harvest. some foreign foreign country come in and like do some damage to like.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a valid dump I mean,
0: the grain out as it's being harvested. <laughs> you know things like that. <laughs> no bread or, for you, or somebody just being a jerk. I don't know. Yeah. Somebody's got a grudge against Monsanto or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm just going to take it. Sound farm like that is that's a legitimate issue. And I feel like if I'm them and I need to make this update now, I need to have that ready. Yeah, I need to be able to do that on 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 the push of a dime to or not dime. I don't know. Stop on a dime. Is push of just, a lever. Push of a le- Yeah,
1: right. Push well,
0: it out. Update those tractors now.
1: In some way, I think we're. Going to get to that point where these updates, these like security patches, for example, they're gonna happen just without you even allowing it to happen. Without you, without being asked. Yeah. Right? There's a there's a major security flaw that that we say, okay, um, if we don't patch this now, your your tractor is gonna start on fire. We gotta patch it. That's actually a really good point. You yeah. know, we gotta we gotta patch it. We're not gonna ask you, we're just gonna do it. Because it, it's a low level, you know, deep inside the OS that you're going in and you're patching it versus a, like another update with, oh, we have a new features. We have this, you know, new steering mechanism or something like that, you know? So. <sighs>
0: well, and then <laughs> you talk about burning fire. Oh, oh, no, seven, right? Yeah. Galaxy <laughs> seven burning <laughs> and fire. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> If, if if this becomes more almost like as more technology is introduced to these combines and tractors yeah. and the potential for that is a malfunction in the hardware, I can see where they're like, no, we need somebody to service this specific portion of your hardware. Right. Even outside of, you know, it's like a, but at the same time, that's just a recall like it is anyways, right? Yeah. So, of course, some farmers probably going to be like, well, then you better get over here as fast as you can because I got to plant like in a. Exactly. Next week.
1: Yeah. So there's got to be some kind of a, like, you know, accommodation on John Deere's side where, okay, if you break down, we're, you know, our service level agreement going to be, we'll be there in an hour or something like that. Something more reasonable than, oh, we'll get to it when we get to it. Or you, it'll take two days, which again, two days in planting or harvesting time is, is an eternity. It's lost profit. Boy. Yeah. So let's pivot a little bit here on that. Yeah, on I was going
0: to say, we got to pivot maybe a little bit. Um,
1: so let's talk about cars. So I don't. you said, okay, you've never you never financed a car. You've kind of bought yours out? No. Okay. No. So my wife and I, we bought... Um, so we actually leased. Our first car was in 2007. It was a Honda CRV, v mm-hmm. And um, the process was... I mean it was pretty good. It was we 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 bought the car, we we put our down payment and all that stuff on it and then we just paid our monthly bill for it. Um and we leased it for I think 5 years and then we actually bought it out at the end of that 5 year period. So to us when we bought it out just because we've paid so much into it the the car has been devalued then we were paying a less amount for the car. If that makes sense. Yes. Okay. And so what I'm getting at is, in a sense like if we were paying if we bought out the car and financed it through our own private you know let's say our bank or whatever right, yep. or through Honda Honda finance not leasing right. it, yep. then we would have basically not seen a difference between leasing it or or buying it out that way, and that got me kind of starting to think a little bit here is are we getting to the point where we're no longer going to be owning our vehicles.
0: Well, I, as a owner of vehicles, and you as well, yeah. Um, I also, as a as a as a guy who does not also necessarily like to repair his vehicles.
1: True that. Yeah.
0: All right. And and don't get me wrong. Change the oil. Whatever. Yeah, push comes to shove. I'll figure out a way to do that type of
1: stuff. Yeah, you got to do that, yep Right,
0: but um, I I don't know. We've talked about this. With, on, a, on a separate note of just saying like Uber, there's a the thought process of instead of having two cars, I own one car and the other person just Ubers their way into the job or something like that. Yeah. I feel I feel if we talk about convenience, comfort and price and time, there's just a lot of time hassle for me to get all my kids in an Uber. Yeah. I mean, as a parent of three three kids, four, two and zero. And even and I don't know. I'm guessing you probably don't have to deal with booster seats or anything like no,
1: that. No, we don't. No. That's your long past just work. no. <laughs> long past that one, yeah. Thank God. <laughs>
0: But, I mean, going back to the, the article, once again, it's the same consumer concept, yeah. right? Technology inside the car. Yeah. And, I don't know, is this a monthly service fee type thing that they have to pay for? Or is it just if something breaks, you have to bring it in?
1: Yeah, you? you have to bring in tech. And okay. I think that's kind of where we're going with. I mean, so we, we're, we're starting to see, I, I think, the new age of electric vehicles, um, where all these manufacturers are making the car. And it's got literally, what, seats, steering wheel, battery pack, drivetrain. That's about it. I mean, that's the main components of the car. You're not having to do spark plugs. You're not doing, you know, air intake. Like, everything that you've done in the past is basically obsolete. Thank you, Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon Musk, yes. But, you know... (laughs) And that, that just be- – that you can apply the same question here. Like, okay, are we going to get to the point or are we already getting there where your car is – you don't technically own it anymore. Like, you've paid for it. You've paid it off. But because there's so much tech in there, it's it's not possible for you to own that outright. You're essentially getting a yeah. an indefinite, like a lifetime lease on that vehicle or – User uh, own ownership um, terms, I guess.
0: I, I have to do some more research in this, but this reminds me a little bit of Amazon. Actually, okay. From what I understand, when you purchase a video or purchase a Kindle,
1: yeah,
0: audio, you know, book version on there. More than anything, you're just renting it. Hmm. Like you can't, you can't download it, for example, right, and take it somewhere else. Outside of the Kindle, or the Amazon environment. Okay, so outside
1: of their environment, yeah, you right. can't, like, yeah.
0: So you purchased it, but you're still, you can't, like, take it somewhere else. Yeah. That's probably a bad analogy, actually. But but um, but um, this is kind of the concept where I purchased a vehicle. Yeah. And, once again, service repairs and things like that, I have to bring it to a dealership.
1: Yeah. Um, and that's how they make their money. I mean, just yeah. flat out, that's how they make their money, is service. You know, and I worked for a dealership. I worked for for other companies that that service the dealer industry, and that's that's literally how they make their money, and that's okay, right? But it's it's kind of scary to think that you're going down this road. That like, okay, in ten years, I'm going to buy a new car. <sighs> you know, if something breaks down, like you break down, let's say in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? If it's a If it's a gas car, diesel or whatever, chances are you're going to have a service station nearby or a you know auto repair shop where you can go and grab some parts, things like that. Right. Now we're getting to the point where okay, you break down your Tesla Model Three breaks down in five years when it's out. It's like okay, well, I'm kind of stuck. And you know, again, unless
0: they have service stations all over the place,
1: but they don't yet. Yeah. It's and an
0: aggressive build out even for the next 10 years right
1: yeah even in an aggressive build out i mean it's it's all it's all tesla's service stations it's not like you know you and i can't just go and start our own you know future break service station that's true we can't do that yet but it's just kind of weird that to think that we're heading down that road in a way i think where i don't know it's just it's just kind of a it's a different perspective on the world and and, and ownership and just who, who really controls and who really owns what?
0: Well, let me ask you this. Maybe okay. this is a, a good way to kind of wrap up this yeah. episode. I think a good question then is, Serge, Peter, or Peter, are you willing to go down this road? Yeah. Because we talked about behavior, right, of the individual. Are farmers willing to do this? I mean, don't get me wrong, there's always going to be pushback no matter what change comes along in life, right? Yeah. Um, are, are you willing to go down this road? And even for myself as a used car buyer, typically, I mean, in 10 years, there's a good chance I'm going to buy a car that's in this realm, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. So, right? Totally. Example, same in the farming industry. Uh, we can't necessarily speak to the farming industry specifically, but just taking that concept in the car world, are you, are you okay with that?
1: Are you going to be a willing participant? Willing participant. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't know, for me, I think I think there's two, two paths. Like, if I would, I'm leaning to- heavily towards, you know, buying a car outright, whether it's like, you know, like we did before, like salvage, just, you know, there's right. a couple dings to it, fix it up, right. you know, okay? Same here, same here. You buy probably. the car, you fix it up, and you own it if it's down that road or you know we i don't know win a million dollars and we buy out a brand new model s or let's just say tesla model s and it's like okay so i go i write them a check for whatever it is i own that i think i'm more okay with doing that and still knowing that okay i technically don't own the the guts the brain of the car Right, I maybe I own the hardware, I own the the seats and the steering wheel, but you know the 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 temperature sensor, I don't own that. If it goes out, I'm kind of I need to I need to find a service station. However, I don't know. And if you if you're then buying, if you're leasing or you're paying it off every single month, I don't know. Does that change the conversation? Probably. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks.
0: Um, and maybe we've talked about this for a future episode, but there's this concept of I pay monthly for X, anyways. Yeah, right? music, movies like on Netflix. Yeah, like I'm just paying a monthly fee to have that. Um, is that going to be down the road where I mean, leasing to me almost feels like renting already, and maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but um, in a way, it is, it's, in a it, ways, it, right? it is, yeah, so is that people who've gone down that road in the past, is it so hard for them to jump to the conclusion that instead of calling it a lease, I'll be basically renting this vehicle. Um I'm paying money. The dealership is making money on yeah. me. There, yeah. there become more finance offices in the dealership more than, you know, service stations. Um and if that becomes acceptable, then yeah, I, I think I think there's something to that. I I think there's a lot of a lot of questions I would have. Um, you know, we live in in the, in the South Dakota region, and South Dakota, there are certain things that still tend to be true in the technology world. Yeah, when it comes to, like cell phone stuff, Verizon owns this market. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, um, and and I think about these states where it's one thing for like the individual cities, and we've and we talked about like West and East coast and mm-hmm. how this is how our podcast is kind of like coming from the Midwest. Yeah, approach, It's a different right? perspective. Yeah. Right. So think about like the middle between here and the next biggest city in the state of South Dakota, where there's, you know, it's six hours of driving at 80 miles an hour drive time. There's a lot of open space and a lot of area like that. Yeah. Can these vehicles and can there be infrastructure in place to support that in those areas? For when you break down and things like that. Already there's kind of an issue if you break down to there, anyways. But um, yeah, I think that's one thing I have because I think to myself, we go there. We, you know, I'm still driving to places for trips or vacations occasionally. Right. Before I make the leap, I have to know that that vehicle is going to be okay. In those areas,
1: and you have to almost kind of plan it out. Where you're like, okay, if I break down, <laughs> the nearest one is here.
0: Where's my Where's my Tesla charging station? <laughs> right. Well, and that te- oh, doesn't exist yet. Okay, so I gotta use an adapter. Well, where's that gonna be in case? Yeah. Or...
1: There's There's a lot of questions. I think another perspective on this is the legislation side. That's true. Where you have, we will have to have new new or updated le- legislation to. To kind of protect both parties, to protect consumers you know, in, in the terms of oh, you know, they, they come up and they come up to a dealer and they say, Here's a problem, well you technically don't own this car. Yeah. And to protect, you know, the manufacturers that to protect them from having their cars and their things messed with, you know. So I think that's that's gonna be another another big part of this is legislation. So Good point. All yeah.
0: right. Well, this is... Uh, so, what's, our, I,
1: what's your future breakdown on this, Peter? Oh, goodness. <laughs> okay.
0: I love this. I like this part of the, sh- part yeah. of the show. This is a Serge's idea, by this the way. This is our
1: new segment of kind of recapping and what we think recapping. is going to happen. Um,
0: I think that if I could have a happy medium, and then what I think will probably end up happening, is he, there's already legislation, from what we can tell, in these... Unless, like, the Midwest area, like, it looks like lawmakers in Minnesota have this fair repair legislation yeah, so that people can work on stuff um, to give some more control to the farmers. And honestly, probably going to be that way in the case of your auto, your vehicles, in some case anyways. I think that needs to be in place, honestly, for us to eventually go down the road of... um, autonomy and to allow this technology to actually take that next leap otherwise people are not going to be like i want to give up everything right away right yeah so over the course of the next i would say in the next f- 3 years there's going to be some ironing out legislation wise of what farmers and um you know something like a John Deere could do Obviously, if John Deere is doing this and GM is doing this, there's going to be other people that are going to see this and be like, oh, I'm very curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla's already, I've noticed, locked down some things as far as like what you can or cannot do with a Tesla. Can't use it for Uber, by the way. Um, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, you can't do that because they're, they're building their own service. That's that. right.
1: That makes sense. So,
0: um, there's a lot of things like that. I feel like that has got to get ironed out in legislation for that to be possible, but I think in in the course of five years on the farming side of things, especially if you can get more reps out there from these places, farmers will, will be open to it more. So they just will need to be able to have a really good response time. Yeah. I think that's, that's the main thing here overall. Like we, and there needs to be a good walkthrough for people to be able to understand. I, can't, I need to allow my vehicle or my combine to be able to update automatically yeah. and be okay with that. And then if something breaks down, especially in the farming side of things, when this could be out in the middle of a field, in a muddy field, like I need to be able to have a rep come and help me within eight hours to take care of this. Yeah, If they can fix that, if they can have something like that in place... Yeah. I actually think, I think, I think there'd be okay. It goes back to that convenience price and time issue that everybody has. No so. kidding.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think my future breakdown is that this, there's, there's a short term, there's a long term. The short term is things are going to ramp up, um, into the long term. So things are going to start getting where, um, you know, we're going to see this more often. We're going to see a lot of things be more proprietary especially software it's going to get locked down um and when you buy a car and again this is happening already with electric cars when you buy a car you're going to be kind of challenged to fix it anyway in the first place <laughs> that's probably true actually yeah. like you're not you know what are you going to do you can't there's a battery and under the battery pack is the i don't know the drivetrain
0: car, car circuitry
1: yeah we exactly, so you're going to be challenging that fact, so that's going to lead to a natural in the long term where I don't think we're going to own cars anymore i just I think it's going to be where we have, and that's that's crazy okay, thought
0: what what's your time time plan on that?
1: I, I don't know, I think within twenty years we're we're not going to own cars like we will'll we'll be paying a subscription fee for using the car. Um, and there will be mechanisms in place where you can you can call like like an Uber. You can call an Uber, and it's yeah. going to be aut- autonomous. You are not going to have to wait for anybody. They're going to be like ambulances do today. They just kind of roam the city. That's what it's going to be with these cars. They roam the city, and you need to get you know to an appointment at the hospital. They'll just pick you up from where you are at.
0: Um, what about you know? I I, I want to go that route. I feel like the major hurdle for families is okay, how do you make it so my kid is safe? Yeah. Um, but in all honesty, if there's just simply a pull down from the back end that your car seat carrier just connects into or an adapter or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then then actually, I, I say probably that could be easily implemented to be truthful.
1: It does remove the kind of spontaneity in a way like, oh, let's just. We're driving, Let's you know, let's say we're driving to, I don't know, we're driving to your in-law's house or something, and you're like, you know what, let's just go south. Let's just go north. Let's just go somewhere else. So it changes that spontaneity because let's say you've paid for, you prepaid for your hour drive, yeah. you know.
0: And let's be truthful. There's still <laughs> something nice.
1: There's still something nice.
0: And it depends on if you're, th- and maybe this, maybe this will be an option. Maybe there'll be just be roads where you have the option to drive or let the vehicle drive for you. And there's, oh, yeah. there's some places where you just can't drive, for example, or something like that. I don't know, but
1: yeah. So that's kind of my future breakdown. I think okay. in a few years we'll be, we'll be just driving and and calling hailing a whatever thing it's called, and we'll be you know living that kind of a life now. Life. So okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, awesome. I love this discussion. Actually, this is this was really fun. Yeah. Um, this will bring up uh, looking at the next episode. Um, where we're gonna take a look at ownership of homes.
1: Yes, that's
0: kind of the next other big par- big part of people's lives and developments in home technology, things like that. That I think are going to be very, very useful, and also renting. Um, and will we be
1: Renting homes. So. Yeah, and I got a I got an interesting story about homeownership. So okay, excited right. to share that.
0: I, my world is full of interesting stories <laughs> of homeownership. Anyway, yeah. So thank you all for listening in for this episode. Truly appreciate it. Um, we're gonna be doing some sh- uh, some kind of breakdown here at the end. What are we gonna be? Okay. What am I doing wrong here, Serge?
1: Nothing, Peter. Nothing. Nothing at all. Okay. <laughs> We just, uh, yeah, we just wanted to kind of li- link out our um, social media, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Future Break Pod, that's Future Break Pod, um, and Facebook also. You can just search for Future Break, and uh, we're working on getting some of the video streaming services set up as well, so like YouTube and Vimeo, yep. um, and so you'll be seeing a lot of our content there. And thanks again, we we appreciate your listenership, and just uh, subscribe. Tell all your friends about us too.
0: Yeah, um, and. This is definitely a two-way street where we love to hear hear things from you. Um, so be sure to reach out to us on any of those social profiles, and we'd love to get some information from you all. Yeah, totally. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you again later. We're out.